today is Tuesday, July 10, 2018, and um, it's in the afternoon, and I just left Mike's. I um, took some Chick-fil-A lunch over there for my son and I today, and um, got my son to actually sit at the table and have lunch with me, although he doesn't have a whole lot to say. I'm sure uh, it's not the coolest thing in the world to have lunch with your mom. Uh, Tori was not there, but she did arrive a couple of hours later. And um, she still is not speaking to me. I am still blocked from texting or calling her. She doesn't reply to emails. Um, I've gotten her to answer me in one word responses. Um, like she came in the door today and I said, hi, Tori. She says, hi. And then she doesn't say anything else. And when I was leaving just now, I said, bye, Tori. And she said, bye. And that's pretty much it. She doesn't want anything to do with me. And um, it's made it really, really um, difficult on me, like grieving like I've never experienced in my life. Um, and it's caused a great deal of stress between Mike and me in an already very, very stressful situation. We're trying to get through this divorce. We have mediation coming at the end of July. I've spent almost $20,000 so far and don't have a divorce. And, um, he has spent several thousand as well, but her, our daughter's behavior just makes everything so much worse. You know, uh, I came on Sunday and picked up my son. He's spending the summer out at Mike's, uh, which I'm allowing. Um, even though the divorce, the temporary order, uh, says Mike can have him for 30 days over the summer. I let my son spend the summer over there because... He loves it, and Mike has a small farm with the animals, and there's lots to do, and there's, you know, tractor to ride, and animals to take care of, chickens to feed, etc. But anyway, I came over on Sunday, and I picked up my son. I forced him to go with me to Walmart. I let him drive my car, because he's learning to drive, and um, he drives very aggressively, and it scares me a lot. I tell him to slow down, but... He won't be told what to do. Anyway, I forced him to go with me to Walmart. I said, come on, you can drive me there. And he said, well, I'm not going in. I said, well, that's fine. So I had him drive me and I just tried to act like a normal person, just talking and having conversation and being kind and trying to get, you know, information out of him. Like, how are you doing? And are you enjoying your summer and stuff like that? And, you know, he doesn't really want to talk. Anyway, he waited for me in the car, and I went into Walmart, got my stuff, and came out. And um, then I brought him back to Mike's house, and then Mike came out to my car as I was leaving, and he said, you know, we're just going to have to limit um, how often you come out here and how many days you come out here. You know, it's just too much for you to be coming out here every day. I said, well, Mike, I, I don't come out here every day. You know, I come out here every few days. I'm trying to stay connected with my son and trying to connect with Tori and he's like well you know she feels like she has to stay away while you're here and she hides in her room while you're here and 
I said, well, I'm sorry that she does that. I leave her alone when I'm here. I don't get in her space. I don't go in her room. I give her plenty of space. And um, he said, well, I think we should just pick a couple of days out of the week and, and we just stick to those days. I said, well, you know, whatever. I'll be back in a couple of days. I did not take that opportunity to remind him that uh, the 30 days are up that he's had our son and that I can take our son back anytime I want to, although that would make nobody in the equation happy. That would further uh, paint me into a corner. The kids already uh, dislike having me around. I really feel like Mike's systematic bad-mouthing me during our whole marriage has really had a horrible negative effect on my relationship with the kids and I will always feel that way. Um, I was there, I witnessed it, I was victim to it and um, he didn't do them any favors by teaching them how to disrespect their mother. But that's a whole other story, I digress. You know, today it occurred to me that the decisions that we make, God, the, the con- there's always consequences, so many consequences that we can't even imagine. You know, when Mike and I decided to move away from Illinois, we're both from Illinois, Southern Illinois, and his parents live there and my mom lives there. And we moved away from our families and that was a conscious choice. And I was so ready to go. I went very easily. I didn't have a strong, supportive family. So it was very easy for me to leave. Um, all I had was my mother. And, you know, our relationship has been, has had its ups and downs over the years. Um, and I had my sister there who is now a drug addict. And I don't really talk to hardly ever. And so I didn't have a lot to leave behind. Um, And I had already lived in Pennsylvania, so I had been away from home. And um, I didn't feel like Illinois had a lot to offer. And Mike, Mike wanted to go too. And I think my courage to move out of Illinois and my pressing for us to find greener pastures gave him the courage to to move also but as I'm in this stage of my life and I'm looking at where I'm at you know 47 years old about to be divorced a daughter who has willingly estranged herself and a son who's not too far behind and Mike who I think is an asshole um you know I look back and I think what if we wouldn't have left Illinois And maybe that's a dumb hypothetical to contemplate, but it just causes me to think about, you know, when you move away from family, your own family dynamic changes, um, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. I don't really know. I guess it doesn't really matter. Mike and I didn't have the family support I wished we would have even when we lived there. His parents never liked me from the beginning. And his mother made that abundantly clear and never missed an opportunity to make me feel like an outsider and to make me feel like I didn't belong and that I wasn't really wanted. Um, 
which I think Christians, especially Catholics, are really good at. And um, I'm not going to apologize for those feelings that I have because I never met a Christian who wasn't ready to judge and cast a verdict on people um, who didn't walk in the same path they did. So I'm really down on Christianity. I'm, I'm down on all religion. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, get out, get out your Ouija board. It's the same thing. So anyway, um, nobody at a church ever was willing to help me. They were only ready to control me and my money. (laughs) I know my daughter really does not like me. It's a genuine dislike. I can feel it. I've tried her whole life to be close to her. I really have. I'm reading this book right now about this mother who talked bad to her daughter. It's called Hum If You Don't Know the Words. I'm reading that book right now, and it's okay. But in the story, the mother is putting down the young daughter, um, you know, derogatory statements towards her that are shocking to me. I never made statements like that to my daughter. I never put her down. I never did. And if she thinks I did, I sure would like to know because I worked very hard not to say harsh things to her and not to say things to her like my mother said to me. My mother said many harsh things to me and many loving things also, but um, she said a lot of harsh things to me that I would rather die than say to my own daughter. I never spoke meanly to Tori. I never meant to hurt her. I never, I can't think of times when I did hurt her. I, there was times when I was frustrated, especially when she and her brother would bicker and fight and, you know, make messes and stuff. I think that's all pretty normal stuff, but you know, she still hangs on to this, you called Santa thing, which I have to roll my eyes, but Apparently that really hurt her. Um, I've been reading lots of articles about what to do when your teenage daughter won't talk to you. And they seem to agree to just um, give them, give the teenage girl her space. Don't let the silent treatment have power. In other words, um, don't, don't try to fight it. Don't try to um, get closer. Don't, you know, just kind of back off and leave them alone, which is what everyone is telling me. So even though it feels like exactly the wrong thing to do, I'm trying to do that. My counselor, Jeff tells me back off. He says, let her rip her own britches. (laughs) He says, leave her alone. Give her some space. My friend Patty says, give her some space. Um, my other friends that talk to me about it say, just back off, leave her alone. Mike says, leave her alone. Her brother says, leave her alone. Everyone tells me that. Everyone. Even though it feels like 100% the opposite of what I should do. I feel like I should be at her side and say, why are you hurting? And if I caused this hurt, please let me make it right. You know, how can I make it right? if she won't talk to me or if I don't even know what's wrong. 
I think that she um, is hurting about the divorce, even though she says she doesn't. She blames me, I think, for it. She knows that her dad did things that drove me away, but I think her um, Christianity makes her believe that we should stay and not leave and that divorce moves you further away from God and all of that bullshit. So, and I think that um, she doesn't like that I play in a band and that I'm extroverted. One article I read today said something interesting. It said that um, your teenage daughter could be jealous of your happiness. And I was wondering, maybe that's true. I don't know. I mean, I, I generally feel like I'm a happy person, except for this time in my life, which has been the worst um, with my daughter treating me like this. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm really pretty happy. I've had some issues with my job and trying to find a good job that I like, but I can live with all that. I've never grieved and been devastated like I am with Tori, um, extracting herself from me. And this goes far beyond any, you know, trying to gain independence. This is, this is extreme. It's extreme behavior. Um, I've been cut off from her cell phone, gosh, maybe seven months now. The cell phone that I pay for, I can't text her. I can't call her. I can't reach her. And I miss her. I feel like I'm grieving for a person who's alive. It's like she's dead, only she's not, and I'm grieving. I, I can't even find the words to describe how much it hurts, except that it's like, sometimes it feels like I've swallowed something really hot and it's burning like acid or something in my throat and in my gut. I can't sleep at night. I take uh, sleep aids to stay asleep. Otherwise, I toss and turn and toss and turn all night. It's miserable. And um, even my music has been affected. Uh, I'm not even as happy as I once was with singing in my band. I, I would say it's when I am happiest, but I feel like um, happiness is not within reach right now. Maybe it will get better later. My attorney says that it will. Um, so I don't know. Um, we're supposed to be doing mediation at the end of July, and uh, I don't have the exact date yet. I know that will be extremely difficult. I am not looking forward to that. Mike and I are going to have heavy disagreements over dividing assets and money. And um, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I'm um, still at my new job. I started my new job April 23rd, and I'm director of communication for a banking contract and fintech negotiating firm and um, I work for a man who is a 
I guess we can call him interesting. He's very, very smart, great at his job, uh, very wealthy, does great. But um, he loves Donald Trump and he acts like Donald Trump and talks like him. And um, he has tantrums and gets angry. And um, I just try to keep my head down and do my job and do well. I'm an independent contractor, which is not ideal. I have no health care, no paid time off, no vacation, no sick leave, uh, nothing. No benefits at all. And um, that's not good because once I'm divorced, I'm going to need to deal with health care. And this job isn't going to, to uh, help with that. I've actually started looking around again um, at jobs. I've applied to a couple at Dell and one at Whole Foods. Um, I applied to one at IBM. Uh, just trying to get in somewhere um, where I can have some more stability and some benefits. But um, so far, it hasn't turned up anything. Um, I actually, I really like my job that I have. There's a lot of flexibility and um, I can work remote a lot, which is great. But... Um, I just don't know if my skin is thick enough to deal with the guy that I work for. I like him, but he's, he's tough when he doesn't need to be, and he's brash and, um, you know, has a razor tongue when he doesn't need to, you know. Um, anyway, I don't know how long I'll be there, but I don't want to do job jumping. You know, I was only at my other job for six months and um, I know it hurts my resume to be job jumping like I am but what can I do I just really wish I could get in somewhere where um, I'm a contributor and I feel some security and I have a good work environment that's not hostile and um, where I'm using my brain and feel valued so I don't know what will happen with that. I'm going to my 30-year high school reunion in August. Uh, August 10, I'm flying to St. Louis. I am not looking forward to it. I hate flying. I'm a miserable flyer. I'm the worst, most fearful flyer I know. Um, and I don't enjoy going back to Illinois because it sucks. And uh, I do want to see my mom, but I'm, I'm, I don't have much interest in seeing my sister, um, who is using heroin all the time, and um, I think is homeless. She's 30, 30-something. My sister is uh, 12 years younger than me, and um, just a loser. It's really sad what we could have had and don't. It's just terrible. Um, anyway, I'm going back for my class reunion kind of looking forward to it, you know, seeing some old friends. I'm going to see my old friend, Noel, who I love dearly. And, um, sadly I won't get to see my friend Carrie because she's going to be out of town for her 50th birthday party. But, um, I get to see my old high school friends, which it's kind of funny that I even want to do it all. I, I only had a couple of close friends in high school. I guess I'll see my friend, Michelle, and of course my friend Noel, but when I was in high school, I 
didn't hang around with a lot of people that went to my school and mostly I hung around with people who were older than me. Boy, when I think about how different I was at 19 than my daughter, it's, I don't think we could be any more different. I was wild at 19, but I was working hard and putting myself through college. Uh, My daughter, my daughter doesn't have a job, neither does my son, which I think is really strange. She's going to be 20 in January. She is just laying around all summer. Um, Like when I left just now, she was laying in the floor of her room uh, with her cell phone. Weird. I don't know how you can not have a job or not be doing things. I don't know. It's weird to me. I think I had two jobs when I was 19. I had two jobs and I was in college. I'm not saying my life was the way it should be lived, but I think she should get a job. She doesn't pay for her truck. She doesn't pay for her gas. She doesn't pay for her college. She doesn't pay for anything. And um, she spends a lot of money on stuff. I think she's spoiled. I think my son is too. I told my son he should get a job. He's 16. He said he's not going to get a job till he's driving because he doesn't want to have to rely on anybody to pick him up. Well, whatever. Anyway, that's the big update for now.